0: Now, with today's Fresh Insights, Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining in today. I'm glad you could spend this time with me. And I hope that you had a good week, that your coming week is not looking too daunting or overwhelming. I know how that can feel. Sometimes I think, oh gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this week. But I know that God is always with us, and He's always with us in ways that Sometimes we don't even recognize until after the fact. And so the last two weeks, you know, we've really been focusing on how do you know you are truly loved? How do you you know that someone really loves you? And how do you show love to people genuinely, the kind that really supports us and heals us and strengthens us, sets us free, encourages us? And so I know that one of the ways that we know that we are loved many times is that we feel at peace and we we kind of calm down and so maybe when that person that loves us whether that be a parent or a best friend or a brother or a sister you know a friend that we had all the way back in high school that we still get to talk to now and then maybe it's a husband a wife Whoever that might be, it's that person that once you see them or hear their voice, you go, oh gosh, I think I'm going to be okay. Even if nothing's okay, you have this person that you know really, really loves you, really accepts you 100%, doesn't judge you, really wants the best for you, has history with you so they kind of know you and know what you really can be when it comes to good and really how bad you can be and they still love you and it brings that feeling of peace because peace has a lot to do with acceptance and so one of the things we talk about frequently when we look at recovery of things and how to have a, a life that is um, meaningful valuable and and less stressful is that we talk about acceptance and the key to all my problems right is acceptance and I've said frequently on this show, this great insight that gave me about knowing that acceptance does not mean agreement. So I accept all kinds of things I do not agree with. And the reason I accept them is because I have no power over them. I, I, I have no control over it. I can't stop it. Um, I, I don't... <coughs> excuse me. I think I'm having allergies still yet. It's really bugging me. So thanks for being gracious about that. Um, so think about... The whole thing about acceptance when it comes to not agreeing. So I can accept a lot of lifestyles that people that I love are living in. I might not agree with them. So I don't need to constantly tell them I don't agree. They kind of know who I am and they know where I stand and and it goes without saying. And so then there are also things I have to accept that I don't agree with, that I can't do anything about because I'm not in the position to do anything. Like think about politically. God has some people placed in those positions to be change agents, and some of us are not. Some of us, the only change that we can make politically is to vote. And so I have to accept a lot of things that I may not agree with. And that comes with trust. And trust always brings peace. So I want you to think about this idea about God saying to us when he left when Jesus left the earth he said this he says, I'm gonna leave you well and whole and this is um, John chapter 14 verse 27 it's the message version which I really like and he's talking these are his parting words he says I'm leaving you well and whole and that's my parting gift to you peace I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned and bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. He's wanting us to trust him. He's saying, hey, listen, I know it's not great down here. I know a lot of things aren't working well. I've been here. I've lived here. It killed me. I know how hard it is. So I'm leaving you my peace. And that means I'm telling you things are going to be okay. Even if you can't see it, even if you don't know it, even if you can't even comprehend it, I'm telling you that you can calm down. You can relax. You can rest. Because I am with you always. And so I'm giving you this gift of peace, that your trust is solely in me, Not in worldly things, not in other people, not even in yourself. So when you trust in me, you can have peace. And we see this with little kiddos, right? As soon as their parents show up, they calm down many times. They go, oh, there's mom, there's daddy, right? How about your pets? Same thing. You know, I have this this nice, sweet, sweetest little cat we have ever had. I've never had such a sweet little animal. I'm always getting animals that are struggling and needing lots of help. And this little kitty is just the quietest animal I've ever had. But I'm telling you what, she does not want to be with anybody but my husband and myself. I don't know if I've had an animal that is that attached. So I've tried leaving her with my assistants on vacation. I've tried having my neighbors come over and maybe feed her when we're gone. And it does not go well. It does not go well at all to the point that a couple years ago we were going to go on vacation again and I just finally said to Michael you know can we just bring the cat with us (laughs) and so he looked at me he said bring a cat on vacation and I said you know my vacations need to be stress-free as well and if I'm worrying about this cat because she's getting so traumatized and can't get herself settled down then maybe we could just see if they'll let us bring her so we had you know we were renting a vrbo in san diego and there's this pet friendly house and the guy goes absolutely bring your cat and so it was hilarious because she traveled really well she just sat either on my lap or on the boot in between michael and i in the car just looking forward watching the road go by and just had a great time and i thought that is very interesting So I could not in any way leave my peace with her. No matter what we tried, she had to be with me. So what God is saying to us here is even though his body left, he's leaving his peace with us. It's in us. He lives in us. So we have his peace that he knows how he's going to care for things. He's seen every moment of every day, all the way to the end of time. He knows everything that's coming our way. He knows all of our foibles, all of our mistakes, all of our weaknesses, all those proclivities that we have, he already knows. And he says, I want you to be at peace. I'm leaving you my peace. And my peace means everything's going to be fine. I'm going to take care of things. Now. We all know that doesn't necessarily mean he takes care of things the way we would like him to, and his version of "it's going to be okay" may not always be my version of okay. Until I actually arrive there, experience it with him, and realize this may not have been what I wanted, but it really is okay. So let's look at this verse in the Voice, the um, that version of the Bible, the Voice. I like it, and this is again John chapter fourteen, verse twenty-seven. And he says, my peace is the legacy I leave to you. I don't give gifts like those of this world. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. This is God's parting gift to us. He says it's a legacy. That we are also, because we have the gift of peace from God, that he is living with us and that's his gift to us as he left this earth, that we bring peace where we go. So God gives us peace that he wants us to bring that part of him to all the places that need his peace. So of all the parting gifts that Jesus could leave us, he left us his peace. He didn't say, I'm leaving you my love. He didn't say, I'm leaving you faith. I'm leaving you wisdom. I'm leaving you self-control. I mean, these are all valuable things. But in his wisdom, he said, I'm going to leave you my peace. I'm going to leave you the feeling I have, that I've got a plan, and it's going to work out. And I'm never going to leave you, and I'm never going to forsake you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. And so this, isn't, this is interesting to me, that of all those very valuable things, it was peace. Because this is the culmination of everything that Jesus taught. Everything he demonstrated while he was on earth christ left this legacy of peace for us to follow and i found myself ruminating on this message in this passage and i was drawn back to it recently and i believe that there's great truth to be found in this really short exchange with the disciples and i want and i've kind of like put the heading of this as worry and peace cannot coexist And once I realized that, I thought, wow, I cannot do them at the same time. I can't worry and have peace at the same time. Now, worry is more natural to me. I am a little bit neurotic. Everyone knows that. kind of a sensitive person, so I can get wound up pretty quick. But I'm also a very peaceful person, and that's many times what people describe about me. They say, it just feels so much better. I feel just peaceful when you come or when I, you know, hang out with you. I feel like everything's going to be okay. Now, that really is the peace of Christ. So this is what you want to think about. Worry and peace cannot coexist. You can't do them together. They have very strict polarities. They'll repel one another. So God designed our brains to only process either worry or peace. We can only process one or the other. We can't process both. And neuroscientists have really discovered this really interesting phenomenon regarding the human brain. It has something like an on and off switch because it can't focus on a positive and a negative feeling at the same time. It does one or the other. And usually what the brain does as a survival skill, it picks whichever one is taking up more space, whichever one is causing more stress. So what does that mean? We're probably always going to go toward the negative, and our brain is going to help us go there. So we're coming to the end of this segment. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this parting gift of peace that Christ left us with and that worry and peace cannot coexist. Good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me, and if you're just tuning in, make sure that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to the shows in its entirety on the website. You also can go to your favorite podcast server, and we are pretty much on, on all of the ones that are mostly used. And so if you have a podcast that you prefer and we're not on that, you can always email me, let me know. And we'll see about getting the shows loaded onto the podcast server that you use. So we are talking a lot today about peace. And we left off with this concept of worry and peace cannot coexist. And peace was the parting gift that Jesus gave us. I mean, he could have given us money, I guess. He could have given us fame, fortune, power, popularity. But what did he give us? I mean, he could have given us wisdom. But I guess when we're at peace, we are probably people of more wisdom. When our brains are settled down, we're going to make better choices. So God has designed our brains to only process one thing at a time. And so we can't process worry and peace together. Our brain is going to choose one or the other. And we know that neuroscientists have discovered this is a really phenomenal, very interesting insight regarding the human brain, because it really does have this on and off switch, because it can't focus on a positive and a negative at the same time. See, interestingly enough, the brain will always pick the negative before the positive, And that is an unconscious survival mechanism. I mean, can you relate to this? I, I, I really can know that this is going on in my head our brains are always trying to help us avoid pain. And we'll unconsciously focus on the problem rather than the solution. Remember, our brains are fallen. Now, our brains are organs like any other organ in the body. It's not who we are. It's an organ that we use to express who we are to experience the world to problem solve, to connect, to invent, We use our brain for so many things. Our brain manages the body and helps the body know what it should be doing at any given time. And so its tendency as a fallen part of our body as well is to go to the negative. And if you've ever noticed, your thoughts generally go to the negative. It's easy. It's easy to be negative. It takes effort to not lament. It takes effort to not complain. It takes effort to not catastrophize and imagine the worst thing that's probably going to happen happen before it's probably going to happen again right so our brains are trying to help us avoid pain and so we, we all know the proverb that states for as a man thinketh within so he is and this you know quite simply means that the more that i worry about things people and situations the more an- anxious i become and the more my mind, my brain, is going to find things to worry about. So once I go, wow, and then what if I disappoint so-and-so? Then what my brain is going to do, just like the Google browser in your computer, you put an address into, into the browser and it comes up with all kinds of options. So I think the thought that, hey, I'm going to probably let that person down, they're going to be mad at me. And then my brain will have all these pop-ups of, All the reasons that that's probably true, how much worse it's going to be, things that will happen as a result of this person being upset with me or disappointed, and it just becomes endless. So I need to be changed. I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I need to take captive every thought that it doesn't make itself bigger than God. That my worry, my fear, my anxiety is not bigger than God. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Because I've been there. I've been there when I, I think, yeah, God, I know God is big, but wow. Maybe he can fix this for me, but I'm afraid he's not going to. So all of a sudden, all my fear, all my anxiety is bigger than God. And I've now made God a lot smaller than my problem. Intellectually, I know he's not, but emotionally, psychologically, I now have a really big dilemma. So it's a vicious cycle, because the more my mind finds to worry about, the more I worry about. The more stories I create. And this becomes like rolling down the hill, and it just picks up speed. So we want to remind ourselves, Jesus gave us peace his peace as his parting gift to us and jesus you know he he, obviously he knew how important peace was to our hearts and our souls and our minds and and what peace does to our physical bodies because he himself he dealt with immense struggles here on earth yet he never worried jesus was still able to make good decisions and never be anxious he was always in communion with his father and continuously at peace. Even to the point that the feelings that his physical body was having, that he was having as a man contemplating going to the cross caused him to sweat blood. It was so stressful. But that stress did not steal the peace he had of knowing he was doing the right thing. He knew what he needed to do. And no matter how scary it was, he had peace knowing he was doing the right thing, which helped him not sin ever in the process. So we have to embrace peace in the midst of circumstances that beg for us to spiral into anxiety and despair. It's all about trust now this doesn't mean that we're going to be pollyanna and pretend like a bad thing is a good thing well god will take care of it like as if we have no participation in it that would be absurd jesus knew that god was going to take care of things he still had to walk the path he still had to walk it out he still had to face what god had asked him to do knowing in his gut he had peace that it was right and it was going to become exactly what God wanted it to be. Once he really was willing to follow hard after God's heart. So it reminds me, all right, of Jesus in, in, in the words of Matthew chapter six. He's talking about regarding the lilies of the field and how they are clothed better than Solomon. And he says, you don't even see the lilies wringing their petals, wondering how God will feed and clothe them. And you certainly won't see, like, let's think about this. My cat spending a single minute in anxiety thinking I'm not going to feed her. She just knows she can trust that. I've showed her that repeatedly. So think about this legacy of peace. And we need to learn to trust him. Because what has God ever done that would warrant lack of trust. Now, the hard thing is we don't always see him in the beginning, and we don't always see him in the process or in the middle of what we're going through. And we don't always see him at the very end. But historically, when we look back, we always see him. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. We have a half hour more to go, as we talk all about the parting gift of peace that Jesus has left with you. I hear the whispers in my well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. We're at the half hour and we are talking about peace. And the fact that Jesus said, I am with you always, always, even to the end of the age. And the way that he did that was by leaving us his peace. He said, my peace I give to you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I will always be with you. One of the ways that we can always feel God's presence is his peace. And it's a peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't necessarily always make sense. We say, why do I have peace right now when I shouldn't? See, when we trust in, in our God, that God died on our behalf, that is the level of commitment and love that he has. Think of how we feel about first responders that lay their life down for strangers. And we want to honor them. Well, one of the ways that we honor them is we trust them. They tell us what to do. They say, hey, don't move. Get down, right? Or they say, hold still. And this is what we want to think about when we understand that Jesus has left his peace, what he feels, his feeling. I mean, have you ever wanted to have somebody else's feelings, right? I mean, there are times when I just go, wow, I, I wish I could feel that confident. Or I wish I felt that happy. Or, <laughs> you know, I wish I felt that excited or that brave or whatever it is lots of times i wish i could like say hey could you like give me that feeling well that's what jesus did he said my peace i leave with you my feeling of peace i'm giving to you always i'm going to be with you always through my feeling of peace if you seek me you're going to find me when you seek me with all your heart you will find that peace that passes all understanding because I'm in you and that's the evidence of me is you can relax even if you messed up really badly you can still have peace it may not be fun like think about you know Jesus still had peace as he went to the cross but it was stressful it was scary really scary I mean that that he, he was like God really do I really have to do this is there any way other way that we could talk about doing than this? So it's, it's really imperative that you understand he understands his humans and how he has made them. So he gives us his peace. Now, I left off in the last segment talking to you about my cat. And I hope all of you are animal lovers. I'm very thankful that my um, sound engineer, Jeremy, is such a cat lover because we share cat stories. And, you know, maybe you think that's weird, but if you've ever known a cat, you'll love him. My husband is a dog person until we got this little cat. And he loves this little cat. And I was talking earlier on in the show about taking our cat on vacation because she's just so distraught. And I've never had an animal this distraught. I've never taken animals on vacation with me. But she is the easiest animal I have ever had. And I have had difficult animals, let me tell you. I've had a devil cat right before her that I had rescued. I was willing to take in this bangle. He was just a menace. He was the meanest animal I've ever owned. He loved me very much, but he was mean, okay. Beautiful, but mean. So now we have Nala, this sweet little cat that doesn't even barely make a noise. You can hardly even hear her when she comes around. And so both of these cats, Bentley the devil cat, Nala, the little, sweet, sweet little cat, both trusted me, and it had nothing to do with their behavior. See, Nala's not thinking she can trust Michael and I because she's such a good cat. She belongs to us. She belongs to us. Therefore, she assumes we care for her. Well, Bentley was not a good cat. He took over the whole neighborhood. I think he killed a whole bunch of other cats that were trying to take over the neighborhood, and he took it over, and he's wild, and he's loud, but he belonged to us, and so he knew he was cared for. Both of these cats had peace, and this is what you want to think about. Our little kitty has peace, and I, uh, one day I was pouring food into the cat's bowl, and I felt the Lord really speaking to me. He said, Cynthia, you feed and care for your cat every day and night, even though he, Bentley, is not always a great cat, Or even though Nala is always a sweet cat, you care for them because they belong to you. You give them what they need. They do nothing to merit it. They just receive it, trusting that you care for them. Well, my clients do the same thing. They assume. They assume. After experiencing me, they know how deeply loved they are, how much I care about their circumstance. They know they can call me. They know they can tell me things, even though they think, oh gosh, I hope this doesn't make Cynthia not like me. And they know that I will love them in spite. They have peace that they're cared for. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you check out the website, CynthiaHyatt.com, all the social media that we have for you. Thank you always for being present there. And we have one more segment It's about 15 minutes long, so I'll join you in the next segment. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. This is our last segment today, so if you're just tuning in, you can always listen to the show in its entirety on your favorite podcast server, or you can go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can also go to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio's uh, website as well, and we have all the shows loaded um, at that website too. So I'm hoping that you are enjoying this show. I always love to talk about this because peace and contentment and lack of worry is what a gift that God can give us. And so he's wanting us not to worry. He's saying, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry. Now, please know we are not going to be ridiculous, silly people. That doesn't mean we're going to be Pollyanna and pretend like nothing's happening. Concern is different than worry. Focus, different than worry. Responsibility for something is different than worry. Worry has a tendency to feel like its own job. So there's a tendency for us to many times feel like if we're worrying about something, we're actually doing something about it. When it's a waste of time. Worry does nothing. So when we think about what Jesus has done, and that in Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 34, he gives us this whole entire idea of of this idea of the lilies of the field and how they are clothed better than Solomon. You know, you don't see lilies wringing their little petals, wondering if God's going to feed them or clothe them, right? And like we talked in the last segment, you don't, I don't see my cat worrying and fretting as to whether or not she's going to get some food or that she's going to be cared for or that I'm going to come home. So how much more would our father who loves us, who has died for us, of course he cares for us in abundance when we are in need. Because just like the cat, just like the lilies of the field, we can't do anything to earn his favor. All he asks is we trust him and not worry. He knows what worry can do to us. He's actually pleading with us. He's saying, listen, I made you. I created you. This will compromise you and kill you. Don't drink the poison of worry. It's a slow kill. We have so much research about what worry does. And how worry creates anxiety and how hard anxiety is on our system. Our immune system, all, all our, our whole gastrointestinal system, our ability to breathe, our ability to think. It ages us. And see, when we really looked at what the brain was doing, and we have neuroscientists that confirmed, through the use of MRIs, the many neural changes that go on in your brain, within one second of a negative thought. The amygdala, that's part of the fight, flight, or freeze, releases dozens of stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitters. And these brain chemicals immediately interrupt the normal functioning of the brain, especially those involving logic, reason, and problem solving. So think about that. If you've worried or stressed or been too anxious about a problem, have you come up with a good solution or was it just survival oriented? Because the more you focus on negative words or thoughts, the more you go into survival mode. And survival, we all know, not usually very pretty because it's survival. We're doing whatever we can. The police are like breaking down doors and, you know, whatever we're doing to like help the person. So... When you are stressing about, I got my feelings hurt, stressing about, hey, I don't really like my appearance today. Does so-and-so like me? This kind of stuff immediately interrupts your ability to think logically about anything and takes away your problem-solving and puts you into survival. It's going to disrupt your sleep, your appetite, and the way your brain regulates happiness, longevity, and health. And it actually damages key structures that regulate memory, feelings, and emotions. So the bottom line, worry, it's not good for you. If you let it, it can slowly kill you because it really doesn't help you make good decisions. And then you have to have worry about the decision you made because you were so worried. So the sciences of the mind is now catching up with the Bible and proving what God has been saying all along. So we must maintain the highest level of positivity In order to counteract the effects of negativity on our bodies our spirits our souls and our relationships see god really knows what he's talking about when he tells us not to worry it truly harms us and truly lowers our effectiveness and so this is this and when we talk about positivity i'm not saying false positives so if my bank account is in overdraft I'm not going to tell myself not to worry because well God will just do something miraculous for me no what I will say is positively you know what there is a way out of this and I have time and I can figure this out and I can go talk to the bank I can figure out what I need to do next step so that I can rectify this God has given me a brain he's given me a car to drive to the bank with and he's given me enough money to even have a problem right So I can't go into overdraft if I've never had money to put in the bank in the first place. So I can find ways to be positive and realistic. So one way to combat worry is understanding the relationship that we have with our brains. So you really can talk to your brain and tell it what to do. The same way you talk to your phone and tell it, hey, call so-and-so. You can even do this with your computer you tell it where to go, you put an address into the Google browser, and you tell it where to go the GPS in your car, you put the address and it creates a route for you. Well, that's how our brain works. So when you take a moment to just think about the word peace, love or joy, and you let those meanings settle into your psyche. They have seen MRIs the brain changes and they have different colors that light up in all kinds of pleasurable ways, just thinking about these words. So when you practice this type of meditation, then the thalamus, which is the control center of your brain, takes that word and disseminates it through the rest of your brain. And so instead of you moving into this fight or flight, the survival mode, your brain takes the word peace And it goes straight to the frontal lobe, which is where we talk about higher level thinking. This is where your judgment lies. This is how we know you're an adult. By the age of 23, your frontal lobe is fully online. So when you take that word, it goes straight to the frontal lobe versus going to the amygdala, which is fight, flight, or freeze. It's like resetting your computer. So contemplating the positive, it's like hitting the reset button. So I encourage this with clients all the time, and i benefited from the practice. I just relax, and I say things to myself like, you're capable. You can pull through this trauma. You're strong. You've done this before. God always makes a way. I can trust the one who died for me. Whatever the thing is that I need to say to myself to get myself right side up. Not that it solved the problem but it reset the way I look at the problem. So having Jesus in you means you get to have his feelings. This is not just about knowing you need peace cognitively. He wants you to actually feel it. And actually feeling the way that Jesus felt and feels. So in a sense, you get to borrow his feelings from him. So when we're overwhelmed by problems and circumstances... We can look at jesus and his life and what he has said about his feelings toward us and we can borrow from him his peace so this is the my peace i give you so i want to tell you another short little story this is an amazing experience i had at the san diego zoo and i was allowed to go backstage and encounter some of these animals and so i saw a sloth and a leopard and an a- Alaskan wolf and a cheetah along with a lot of others and these animals were really like they were a mere five feet away and I you know I love animals so this was like a once in a lifetime exper- experience but it led to this epiphany because you see the cheetah had this unique buddy that helped him to stay calm and it's a specially chosen shelter dog because see cheetahs are naturally really really skittish and wary And as the program is called, it's Animal Ambassadors, zoologists pair cheetahs with these dog companions that's particularly chosen for their calm demeanors. And I got to see this cheetah sitting next to this dog, and as long as the dog was there, he would look over at his little canine buddy, and he would stay calm during the entire interaction of all of us being around this wild cheetah. Because with his buddy at his side, he was able to be at peace. And so this dog's peaceful demeanor, the dog's calm assurance, and his reassurance was enough for this naturally very skittish wild cheetah to know that everything was good. He trusted his friend, the dog. And as long as the dog was good, the cheetah took all his cues from the dog and borrowed from the dog the feelings of being at peace. It's amazing. It's precious. So I'm going to post this picture. So make sure you check out social media because I'm going to make sure we post a picture of this dog sitting next to a cheetah. So it's truly amazing. But we can do the same thing with Jesus. If we constantly keep our eyes on Jesus as our buddy and we take our cues from him, we can borrow his feelings of peace when we're not, just not feeling it. We can say, you know, if God is good, if Jesus is okay, I'm good. I'm okay. Because he's always good. Everything is going to be all right. It may not be the way I want it. But at the end, God is always going to make sure that I'm okay. And that's the trust that we have. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy because trust is, trust is hard. And one saying of mine that I refer to often is that trust, <laughs> this, this is, makes sense to me, I hope it makes sense to you, trust is a word I understand until I actually have to do it, right? So I know what it means to trust, and I understand it, and I get it, makes sense to me, until I actually have to do it. It doesn't feel like a heavy word until I actually have to put it into practice. So Jesus understands how hard it is to trust. And he wants us to trust him because the peace of God is almost inaccessible if we are not trusting Jesus. So our trust should always be in God, not in ourselves. So my trust starts and stops with God, not with me. I have to learn to trust God with God-sized problems as well as the little ones and the ones that are unsolvable, burdensome, and manageable. Instead of focusing on how and if he will solve them, I need to focus on my relationship with him and on who he is, that God is beside me, God is in me, God is with me. I can take my cues from God. God's not wringing his hands about my life. He's not anxious. He's not worried that, oh, no, I don't know if I can figure this out. Cynthia brought me a problem. that's too big. I've never seen this problem before. What am I going to do, right? So we can accept his peace and be transformed by his presence. So Teresa of Avila, she says, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things pass. God never changes. Patience achieves everything. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone is enough. So when we have peace, his peace, we can truly be who he created us to be. So God bless you today. Take your cues from Jesus. Take your cues from God. He loves you deeply. He's there for you, and he will help you. He is a very present help in time of need. So join me next week. We're talking more about this. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and have a blessed week. Thank you, Jeremy, for being just so great today.